And we've got a very cool fireside chat now with Valerie, Nicole, and Paul. Let's welcome them up. Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm Valerie Swaco. I'm Chief Development Officer at Highline Beta. And, you know, as we just said, we're here to um, celebrate the impressive, safe, and connected uh, two cohort pilot accelerator. Uh, that Aviva launched in partnership with Highline Beta. And, you know, we're going to meet six companies that are here today to talk to us about how they're really solving challenges in cities and communities across the country. But before we introduce them, it's my pleasure to host a conversation to give greater context uh, to the aim of the accelerator uh, and also how corporate collaboration with the startup ecosystem is truly helping create impactful solutions. Um, and we really hope to serve up some insight as well as to what the future holds uh, for smart cities and urban tech. Uh, so now representing the voice of Aviva and bringing to life, I guess, the point of view of the corporate side is Paul Fletcher, Senior Vice President um, of Marketing at Aviva Canada. Hi, Paul. Hi there, how are you doing? Good, good. And I'd also like to introduce Nicola Blanc, partner at 2150. She's an investor focused on urban tech and sustainability. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Good to be here. Looking Great. forward to this okay. session. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna launch into this because I know everybody's ex really excited to meet the accelerators, but I or the sorry, not the accelerators, but the uh, startups. But you know, before we really get into that, Paul, can you? I'm gonna start with you and a really wide question, which is. Why did you build an accelerator program, Safe and Connected? Great. Valerie, thank you. Well, the, the first thing I want to do today is about celebrating the, the each of the teams that brought forward the ideas and their innovations and the progress they've made. So congratulations to all of those groups uh, and anybody who's involved in supporting it as well, because there's some spectacular things that are going to be revealed to everybody today. Why did Aviva uh, you know, start this and start these discussions with Highline Beta? Um, we're in the uh, insurance industry, as, as many will know, and it's 150,000 individuals get injured on just Canadian roads every year. So if you think about North American roads and then expand that to globally, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to have positive impact, whether it's social impact or economic impact by sort of taking some of that out. And we, we see this every day because we're involved in the aftermath. Um, and you know, we, we believe we can make a difference. So we were stepping back and we had this concept of take back our roads that we were kicking around. And we've got some uh, a builder campaign and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, an agenda and a drive towards how can we help uh, improve safety on roads for everybody, all stakeholders. Um, there's a big payoff if we can get it. Um, and then we stepped back even further and we thought, you know, the world of technology and the new innovations, whether it's the speed of being able to analyze data uh, and bring that data to insight and then action, or whether it was technology around the cameras and uh, some of the uh, fantastic insights that can come from using visual information more quickly uh, to, to really help maybe design of infrastructure or some of the tools that we all use every day, like our cars or buses. How can we impact that and, and help those areas? Because we saw that in all of this area, there, there was the world is ready for a leap forward again. And we believe that there's a big impact that come through. And we were um, delighted to be able to partner with Highline Beta and the concepts that Hussam and his team were able to bring together and bring this uh, idea of uh, you know, supporting uh, worthwhile, innovative 
tech-driven uh, teams and small businesses and startups so that they can bring ideas to life and take them to market way more quickly. Because after all, this is about impact. That's what we're trying to do. And uh, we think we've got a really good recipe and foundation and, and some great stories that everyone's going to hear about in uh, just 20 minutes' time. Excellent. And what I would say, what, what was the thing or things that Aviva learned um, about collaborating with startups in this? <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, step back. Think about a company like Aviva. We're, in, we're an insurance company. Um, we uh, we like risk. We take risk. But it's interesting. We only understand risk after sitting back and studying stuff for maybe 20 years, getting a bunch of data that comes through that we can really analyze to death. And then we can begin to understand it and price it. Uh, Time-wise, one of the things that we've learned is the world of uh, startups is not 20 years, is it? You know, the world's very quick. They have to be agile. Uh, they have to be thinking through their problems and solving them very quickly. So one of the things that we've learned, and it's been very great for us, actually, and our teams that have been involved, is the uh, how do we perhaps learn from some of the agility and bring it into our world uh, and our business uh, that each startup has to have to, to, to take their steps forward. Uh, that's been um, really powerful for us. And I think also a company like Aviva, there's an urge sometimes to um, shape and control. Uh, that's corporate, you know, and, and that isn't this world, is it? It can't work for this world. Again, the agility piece uh, and the adaptability piece is uh, really important for us. I mean, so we've taken some great positive things. We've also learned a few challenges, actually. And one of the things I, I would say is when you have great tech or innovation or insight, uh, it's very easy to see five, six, 20, 25, 30 ways it could be brought and used. And that can create distraction in itself. So there's value in focus, if that makes sense as well. Pick, quickly pick the areas where there's payoff and a win and then focus on those because there's plenty of opportunity for distraction out there. So hopefully, Valerie, that gives a bit of a flavor of some of the things that Aviva's seen and, and hopefully played a part in. Absolutely. Um, and I love the line, we, we love risk. I mean, truly, that's, uh, that's exciting in itself. But absolutely, value creation is critical. And it is it's critical for a program like this. And so I'm going to actually flip over to Nicole now um, to really talk as an investor, um, you know, that's specialized specifically now in urban tech. What do you think about the power of startup innovation combined with um, corporate investment, especially in this space? So this is very important. And uh, for all of you that are on the startup side, you're very passionate, you want to move fast, uh, you really want to, you know, get in front of customers, really start figuring it out, iterating. And on the corporate side, uh, corporations need solutions, but, you know, iteration and, you know, failure is not something that is, is really something that can be, you know, easily accepted within kind of a larger corporate organization with different stakeholders and different teams. So having a cohort like this and having somebody like Aviva to be able to, you know, work with the startups in a way that, you know, uh, you know, the corporate can then, you know, help the startups understand this is how our corporation works. This is how we make decisions. These are the different stakeholders you need to actually get in front of. And then the startup has kind of the safety of the cohort to be able to iterate, work through those things, test things out. And it's just this really kind of like great intersection of the two types of 
business models to be able to then figure out, okay, how do we actually work together? Because both the, both organizations really need each other uh, to be able to, you know, uh, corporates, you know, can have this nimbleness that come from the startups and the startups can have, you know, the anchor uh, customer logo and revenue and impact that can come from working with the corporate. And you can't just make introductions and be like, here you go, hopefully this works out. So basically the iterations of going through this cohort is so important. And really for startups to scale fast and to have the impact, uh, we really need corporates to be able to take this leadership role, to get involved and to really shepherd the startups, you know, through. It's not just a matter of, you know, replying to an RFP, winning or losing it and then implementing it. It's just, it just can't be that simple. And in particular for the Canadian market, having more corporates get involved is really, really important to just the growth of the ecosystem. And you can see like Toronto is super hot right now. Like the world is, like, is starting to take notice. And one of the reasons is because more corporates are starting to get involved and support startups. And so it's really exciting to see this model where you know uh, startups are able um, to understand the the language of corporates and corporates are able to understand the risk and be able to you know figure out how to champion and shepherd the, the startups through the, the system right um and i think a big part of that you know that relationship is the mentorship right um and that you know we actually talk about the mentorship of the corporate side as the secret sauce in the this type of an accelerator, um, because it's that invaluable expertise that the corporate side has that you know does give this insight and and new traction for these startups very quickly. So, Paul, how did you guys? Mentorship doesn't just happen. You can't just go, oh, we're going to launch this, so and you know, and it's going to be great, and we're going to help you. you you've got to kind of make it happen. How how did you know you go about that at Aviva? getting those mentors involved. Yeah, thank you. So um, there's no shortage of volunteers within a company like ours because it's interesting and uh, fascinating to, to work with different parties and people will learn. So first step, it, it's not a problem getting people to put their hand up and say, I'd love to participate in some way. The trick is making sure the value exchange is the right value. Yeah, that comes through. So um, I, an example here would be perhaps to think about what skill sets or, or capabilities does a company like Aviva have that maybe uh, the startup or startup as, as a general group might lack or might benefit from easier access to. So that's, that's one thought. Um, there's also uh, areas where you're looking for ways that um, the, the very nature of the insight or idea or potential market space, we might have people who operate uh, in that market, maybe in a tangential way, um, but are operating with us the same kind of customer group or community. So exist within the value chain. And that means they can help uh, accelerate learning about the, the value chain or the dynamics of it in that particular sector. Uh, it means that they can perhaps open up access to you know, their own relationships and own network and accelerate uh, and speed up those connections coming coming to life. So I'll give you a few examples. Um, in cohort one, we've got um, one of one of the uh, startups, and I, again, they'll talk to their capabilities later, so I don't want to steal too much thunder. Um, but really, uh, really interested in claims data in auto collisions. Um, so we have a lot of data in that space, um, and uh, but just sharing and giving access to data, even if it's you know privatized and clean from that perspective. Uh, it needs to be interpreted. Uh, how is it structured? How is it used? What's it really saying? What are the pitfalls in the data? So we have our, uh, had our data leader spend some really good quality time 
uh, with uh, you know this particular uh, you know, team and startup team understanding our data and that could then be used as they were building their story their business case thinking where their proposition could add value um, to different parts of the value chain as well so that's that's a really nice specific um, example cohort two there's a uh, one of the teams very focused on weather and how that can impact transportation as well um, you know, and we were able to use one of our um, most senior fleet, commercial fleet transportation underwriters, very well connected into the sector, and he was able to help uh, facilitate whether it's through distributors or, or um, the actual fleet environment themselves make the right connections. Uh, so those are very specific uh, ways of mentoring can add value and how we can choose. And then step back, there could be more generic skills that um, perhaps could benefit any kind of business, actually, that's in an early stage of development. So uh, one of our team uh, spent some time on sort of how to pitch media 101. You know, how do you get, how do you get attention? How do you get noise? Um, and that's a, a, a tool and skills that may not be immediately available, but um, an organization uh, like Aviva could bring some of those ideas. And if nothing else, you know, avoid the first five mistakes that everybody makes you know, because everybody makes them. If you can avoid those, you've saved some resource, you've saved some time, and you make new mistakes. Of course you do. But uh, at least you're further along the curve is the idea. If that's the way to, you know, learn fast and, and adapt quickly is the, is the spirit of that. But we can help people accelerate is the point by some of the more generic skills as well. So that's mentor and bringing value and some value exchange. And our people, as I said at the very beginning of the response, um, we, they get enthused by it, they get excited by it, they learn by it, and they see future possibilities as well. So it, the value exchange definitely um, pays off, hopefully, for both parties. Certainly for Aviva, we feel it does. Yeah, I think that passion, um, that you know, founder passion um, goes far. So that's amazing. So you, you did talk a little bit about um, some of the things that you were achieved the data from the data side, but in terms of impact specifically, you know, did you see, was there any solution that comes to mind that, you know, really, uh, and, and again, we are going to hear from the startups themselves, but, you know, um, what are some of the solutions uh, that, that you saw that really you felt was making impact, um, you know, for Aviva and for those communities? So I think they all... So, sorry, I think they, they all, they all do and they all will. And um, from Aviva's lens, if, if um, all of these ideas that we're about to hear about get traction and are implemented to different levels of uh, a different extent across uh, uh, industry or cities or the transport network or within vehicles, the cumulative payoff could be huge. Yeah, so we're excited about that. Um, and that's floating all boats and that's helping society in a really big way moving forwards. If I just call out a few of the ideas, I, you know, the um, it's very hard sometimes in the world of um, accidents and collisions to prove a negative. You, you know, something didn't happen. How do you prove that? Yeah. So the measurement game is is interesting. But think think of uh, one of one of the startups. Uh, we'll talk about some of their um, thinking about how do they reduce distracted driving amongst maybe uh, fleet operators. Uh, what are the tools to do that? Well, if you can track how. Uh, how often people might be distracted and then have interventions to reduce that frequency of distraction. It's very well accepted that distracted driving leads to collisions, which leads to, um, you know, damage basically. Um, so 
if we can show the lead indicators that we're reducing those instances and the frequency of those events, then we can comfortably say there's an impact that's positive uh, in terms of uh, end result. So that, that would be one area that I would pick out. Another one in the traffic space is uh, studying near misses at junctions. Yeah. Now, if we, for example, we can identify a junction where we can see, oh, there were 100 near misses, and then we can recommend a few changes, uh, and one of the startups is very focused on this, to the way that junction is designed, or maybe the timing of the light flow or the flow of traffic, and you can show that those 100 near misses has dropped to maybe 10. Again, well, if, if every 100 near misses turns into one collision, the stats will show that there's a payoff, there's a real benefit that comes from that. So I think impact there is real. And then you know some of the uh, work around how the the work the flow around modern cities works as well. And again, one of the startups has has got some great um, you know uh, uh, interventions in place in different parts of the world, uh, looking at how flow, whether it's people, whether it's vehicles, how it all interacts. Uh, doing that in a way that, by the way, doesn't infringe uh, any concerns around privacy, um, but enables planners to, you know, smart planning um, and, and make adjustments. You know, there'll be immediate intervention and immediate intervention benefit from those. And, you know, those cities will benefit. But also the principles of design will also flow to, to that community of designers as well. So there's a kind of, um, there'll be specific benefit and there'll be sort of design principles that just improve around the world from this kind of thing. So I picked out three there, um, but as I step back and say, I'd say as these things get implemented and they are and they will, and they'll be more fully implemented, the cumulative impact um, will be very substantial over time and will you know, create big lift for um, whether it's a city, whether it's this, whether individuals. Uh, we should be excited about that. It's really, it's really good work. Yeah, I, that it's amazing. I mean, kind of so glad we're going to hear from the startups. But you could, we, I swear to God, I feel like we could talk about this for hours. It's very exciting. So actually, Nicole, you know, from your perspective, this mm -hmm. impact, you know, is amazing. Um, but you know, what do you think, how much do you think that the mentorship that Aviva gave to these startups helped them, you know, ultimately in succeeding this impact that they're making? So I'll actually tie it to the question that somebody's asked in the chat about uh, speed of decision-making internally. And so, you know, generally within corporates, you know, there are, there is a structure and even some of the, even if you have a champion within a corporate, you know, sometimes it still takes time for them to move it up the chain. Often there might be multiple business units that have to sign off. And that's just the nature of a large corporation that's dealing with large budgets and making sure everything's interconnected. And, you know, it can be very frustrating for startups that, you know, are used to faster decision-making and, you know, one decision-maker and they can basically text back and forth and, you know, have a glass of wine and decisions been made inside the startup. And so it's just very different from what startups are used to. So having a program like this enables more touch points. So as Paul was saying, you know, lots of people within the organization were super, you know, quick to put up their hand and say, I want to mentor this company. I want to help this company. So having these multiple points of contact, I think, you know, can be very helpful. Uh, you know, basically some of them are formal decision makers that, you know, you're going to actually have to get through their gates anyway. Others are informal, so they can actually, you know, kind of give informal, uh, you know, kind of check marks and they can informally guide uh, a startup through to be able to help them, you know, maybe accelerate faster through some of those decision points. And so, you know, how many times has a startup, you know, gotten somebody that's like super excited to be like, we're going to do this and it's amazing. And six months later, you're having the same conversation. And then three months after that, you're still having the same conversation. 
And the startup really wants to believe that person and that person truly believes they can shepherd them through. It's just a matter of like, sometimes it has nothing to do with you. It's, you know, there's another business unit that is, you know, having a, a, an M&A transaction in a completely different field. It's just taking all of the decision-making uh, time right now. And so by having multiple touch points, by going through this, this accelerator style process, you're able to then, you know, really be able to, uh, you know, kind of get more information to really be able to ensure that you're set up for success and do have a more realistic timeline so that the, the corporate can actually share that information. So the expectations are also managed that it really is going to take nine months. It's not going to take two months, no matter how much somebody wants to drive it through. Right. Yeah. Patience. <laughs> um, okay, we're we're almost out of time, but you know, Paul. On a final note from you, what does future innovation? What are the future innovation projects at Aviva look like? And do you think you're going to continue to work with startups? Um, I, I would say I more than think I'm, I'm very sure we will do. Um, step back a little bit. The the. The big story in the world right now, well, there's two big stories, but the the, the big long-term story, hopefully, is the climate change agenda. And that, uh, as an insurance company, that's really important to us because if there's a big weather event that leads to lots of damage, guess who's paying the bill at the end of the day? Um, Aviva has made uh, what we call net zero as an insurance company by 2040 and within our own operations by 2030, which is... Uh, Believe it or not, big challenge because the the solutions and answers to all of their operations, I think, ever net zero insurer look like. So we've taken this position, and I think it's if if it's not the leading, it's one of the leading positions globally here. And we need to work it out. We've you know we've made the commitment. Now we've got to work out our path, and we need help to succeed on that journey. At the end of the day, uh, whether it is working with suppliers that we you know have a obligation to help their journey to net zero, whether it's thinking about the customers that we insure, um, whether it's the science behind making uh, decisions, whether it is helping small businesses, which is probably the most acute area, really work out the things that they can make a difference on. We have to find solutions for all of this and we don't have all the answers. So we need help. Um, we're looking Right. We will collaborate with large organizations, small organizations, with governments, whatever, because we want to play our part. But we know that this particular one is a team game and we are absolutely convinced that there's lots of innovation, probably a few mistakes uh, and, and readjustments and a bit of agility. But this is the area where I would be saying, how do we manage risk in this transition world? And we have to transition mm -hmm. uh, effectively. And as an insurer, that's really important to us. So we'll be keen to be stimulating ideas and innovation in that space. Amazing. So actually, Nicole, I'm going to close with you having the last word today. Um, Paul just talked a little bit about future innovation with Aviva. And, you know, from your place um, and your viewpoint in terms of, um, cities of tomorrow and urban tech, like what are the things we should be paying attention to? What do you think are the three or I don't know, pick whatever number innovations that have caught your attention? I have a long list, uh, but I'll leave you with a couple of thoughts. So the first one specific to this cohort 
is what's really interesting is uh, how disruption is happening at the intersection of verticals. So the work that Tara is doing at Numina around, you know, mobility and city planners and real estate developers, having all of these stakeholders pulled together, really, really interesting where it's not just you come from one industry and you're solving one problem. It's about bringing people together. Weather logic's the same thing, like really thinking about how weather patterns need to, you know, impact drivers as well as city, like infrastructure planners as infrastructure development. So all of these things are, are really important and so I would say that as you're thinking about building your teams, bring people from different industries, from different backgrounds, because that's where like, real innovation is going to happen. Uh, and the second thing, you know, our fund is an urban tech fund, but we are 100% focused on sustainability. Every company that we invest in has a sustainability agenda. And so what Paul was talking about climate change, it's coming. We, we can't stop it. Uh, people are now starting to realize that. And what's really important is every single company is going to have to have a sustainability agenda, even if you're, you think your product has nothing to do with climate. Uh, the SEC came out with rules recently that as soon as 2023, some of the companies on, um, on their platform are going to actually have to start reporting on carbon emissions. And so it's really important now for all of the startups to really understand, you know, what is what frameworks are you going to have to adhere to? You know, how are you actually going to have to get involved in this? And how can you actually turn that into a selling point? So if somebody comes to Paul and says, I can actually help you reduce your risk and I can actually help you with your own sustainability and climate agenda, because as a corporate, you're going to have to report on these things. You know, that actually helps you move through the system faster because you've actually really helped Paul with a lot of the things that he's thinking about. So I would say those two things are, uh, you know, I would, things to keep in mind for any startup at the moment. Amazing. Amazing. Great. Well, thanks guys. Thanks to N Nicole. Thanks to Paul. Um, great conversation to kick off the demos from this.